Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 13. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear you. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue mutters wickedness. Mm. No one enters suit justly. No one goes to law honestly. They rely on empty pleas. They speak lies. They conceive mischief and give birth to iniquity. They hatch adder's eggs. They weave the spider's web. He who eats their eggs dies. And from one that is crushed, a viper is hashed. Hatched. Their webs will not serve as clothing. Men will not cover themselves with what they make. Their works are works of iniquity. And deeds of violence are in their hands. Their feet run to evil. And they are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Desolation and destruction are in in their highways. The way of peace they do not know. And there is no justice in their paths. They have made their roads crooked. No one who treads on them knows peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, and behold, darkness. And for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon, as in the twilight. Among those in full vigor, we are like dead men. We all growl like bears. We moan and Moan like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and we know our iniquities. Transgressing and denying the Lord, and turning back from following our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart lying words. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Barrett, good yes. to have you in the chair. Man, it is so good to be, so good to be back. It's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time. I think you gave me one of the most depressing passages <laughs> in like you know, all of the Bible. It's a little drizzly outside at the yeah. moment. Uh, we're both in sort of that like afternoon slump I w- after not a great night of sleep. I know, I know. I'm trying not to take it personally that this is the passage that you <laughs> set me up with right when I come back to ODR after we've been away for a while. Hey, well, um, <clears throat> you're welcome. <laughs> but it's good to be back. It, it's good to have you back. It, this is uh, it's a really, really powerful passage. So just to contextualize it really quick, we're coming out of Isaiah 58. A uh, pretty famous passage, you know, is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? This is the Lord speaking. Hmm. And uh, the basically the whole chapter is from the perspective of Yahweh. It's, a, it's God speaking through Isaiah. And now, and you know, it's really important in like prophetic literature to pay attention to who is speaking hmm. because it changes a lot because right. the prophet speaks on behalf of the people. He speaks on behalf of himself. He speaks on behalf of God. Hmm. And, you know, you just have to know where you are. Keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, passage, that, passage that you read is basically like Isaiah's prayer in response mm. to 56 and 57 and 58. Mm. And 
uh, he is, it's this really heavy prayer of confession. Yeah. God, we've lost our way. Yeah. And we know it. Yep. And, and he really unpacks what that looks like. Verses one and two are, you know, they really set up the passage and right. they're really powerful. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it can't save or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from from your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Mm. And then he unpacks those sins and those iniquities. Right. And, and then he kind of comes back to that, that so we, we grope around like righteousness does not overtake us. I, I love that. Yeah. And this is such a powerful passage because, you know, the silence of God, it's a big topic. Hmm. And um, it, it's something that, you know, we have to deal a lot with, like, I, I do a lot of work with help the persecuted. And, um, you know, I think it, it's not quite as much a pressing issue for a lot of our Christian brothers in, you know, the Middle East and Asia, mm. um, because the, the Holy Spirit is at work building his church in a more outward way. Mm. But for us in, in the West, um, there do, does seem to be this veil. Mm. And that's something that I've struggled a lot with in my faith journey hmm. of like, well, if the Bible's real, if God's real, then why does it feel so quiet hmm. sometimes? Yeah, yeah. And this passage, I remember reading it during uh, that one of those seasons and just being really struck hmm. at um, the, the sin and injustice that hmm. has kind of been sadly perpetuated in christian context and mm. i don't know i think this like speaks mm. to us a lot so what are, what are your thoughts on this passage yeah no those are uh those are interesting thoughts i mean one one kind of i guess little soapbox that i kind of have is get on it yeah yeah is uh you know do we have in our mind okay in relation to god and sin do we have in our mind how scripture actually tells us we should think about God and how he relates to sin or sinful, sinful people, or even like his, you know, his own people mm-hmm. in, in this case, Israel, who, who has been sinful. Yeah. Or do we, do we kind of like have these, you know, traditions of thought kind of dictated the way we think about God in relation to sin and sinful people and, and even his own people who are sinful. Um, and so I, I think in large part, it's probably more the latter that mm. like we've allowed ideas of, of God that are not necessarily, uh, biblical to, to kind of rule our mind or, or dictate like the way we think about how God relates to, to sinful people. And so, I mean, it's, it, so it's very interesting to um, see in verse one where Isaiah is, you know, he, he's saying the Lord's hand is not shortened. Like he's acknowledging like, God, I know your hand is not shortened and your ear is not dull. In fact, you have a very sharp ear and you mm-hmm. hear everything. And yet, you know, your hand um, is not saving and, it, and your ear is not hearing. Mm-hmm. And it's because the uh these iniquities have brought separation between uh between you know Israel and their and their god and so it's 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 sin that has brought that and so i mean kind of to your point of like silence earlier 
God, sometimes we have this view of God that he's standing over, like waiting for someone to sin. And then when they do like he, you know, the, the whole like big guy in the sky and he like zaps people mm-hmm. when they sin and that kind of thing. That is, I mean, that does, there are certain maybe scriptures that you can go to and Ananias and Sapphira and Acts chapter five or something yeah, like that, yeah. where they drop dead on the spot. Yeah. And like, sometimes we go to those passages, but in large part, it seems like oftentimes the way God reacts to sin and deals with sin is, is kind of like a, a dulling of the ears or like he, his ears are not dull, but like he turns away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, one, one of the passages that I, that I come to a lot is in Romans chapter one. Um, it says three different times and I, I get the context is a little different, but I, but I do think it's indicative of how God relates to sin and sinful people. And in verse, you know, in Romans chapter one and verse 24, 26 and 28, he says, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts. God gave them up to dishonorable passions. God gave them up to a debased mind. Mm. And so there's this like, it's almost like God like turns us over to our sin. Yeah. It's like, you're choosing to go that way. It's not this, like, I'm going to zap you and, and kill you on the spot or this like, you know, pathetic, you know, weak father-like figure that's like begging at your heels, please don't do that. Like come back. Uh, which I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, uh, but I'm just saying like, this is what scripture is telling us that like God, he gives, he gives us over to, to sin sometimes. And it causes this separation between us. And I think that's what Isaiah is talking about here in verses one and two, that it causes this separation between us. And, um, and I think, you know, I, I think that's, more of a of a real picture of what's going on and so sometimes we have patterns of sin that are going on in our lives even as mm-hmm. you know those of us who are believers sometimes we have patterns of sin that are going on in our lives and it's it's created this gulf it's created this like separation and I'm 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 not necessarily talking about salvation or not salvation I'm just saying like this seems to be what's going on with Israel at this point it creates yeah. a separation and sometimes in those moments we get mad at God and say, what are you doing? You know, why are you not answering me? Or why are you not, mm-hmm. why are you bringing these hardships in my life? Yeah. And really like, it's it's you that's bringing on the hardships. <laughs> I mean, you have chosen to be disobedient. Like, you know, uh, Gal- uh, Galatians 5 says, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. Like, you're free to walk in the grace of Jesus and you're free to follow after him, you know, all your days. And yet you're choosing something else. And, and don't be surprised when God is silent or when he's, when he's, you know, turned you over to your sin or you're starting to experience hardships due to that. So I, I, I told you, I set it up. I said it was a soapbox. So there we go. I knew it was going to take a minute. It was a beautiful soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, so I mentioned this the other day with Kynes. Um, I, I just read the road by Cormac McCarthy. Okay which is just this like blood chilling novel. Um, and it's basically, it, it's kind of like a post World War three, like type setting. Yeah. Um, and basically the question, which, you know, not a Christian author at all, but basically like the question is what happens when humanity is given over to itself. And mm. to your point, that is like the language that is used much more in the Bible than, you know, this paradigm of hell and God's punishment that we have as like 
eternal torture. Right. It is really informed more by Greek mythology and sort of like these gods coming up with creative ways. Right. You have to push this stone up a hill forever. Mm. But what's actually, you know, far more biblical is, is this idea that God, it it creates a separation and and God gives people over who harden their hearts. And Mm. like he, he gives Pharaoh over to himself. Yeah in the sense. And so hmm. I, I think that that's dead on. And, um, you know, I also do want to clarify, um, what I was saying earlier, it's not that God is not speaking sure. in like the West and I don't want to create this weird thing where it's like all the real Christians are yeah, yeah, right. like romanticize sure. one side of God's church and demonize another side. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do think it, it, that it's true that, that, where and we see this in the bible we see it in the the letters to the churches in revelation as churches become established and settle oftentimes uh sin begins to crop up and and those weeds are are unchecked and it it begins to create a separation in which you know we we begin to become less preoccupied with god and more preoccupied with like religious things yeah and so it's just a great call to examine ourselves um you know like so much of my life i've asked that question of you know like like why why do i not see god like working salvation in my life why do i not see Mm. like hear him speaking yeah and the best first step is to take inventory and say Hmm. have i created a separation between myself and god that's right and quit expecting, you know, God to like disregard my distancing, my separation making. Right. And, uh, and the good news ultimately through all of this is that, and this is where Isaiah is coming from earlier in the book and it's where he's going, but the separation is not repaired by our repentance. The separation is by, is repaired by God reaching across to us and that's what he's done in christ and so you know it's that tension in the gospel of god will restore us to himself and we're not going to like make ourselves worthy of salvation yet we still are called to turn away and you know as we as we close up you know there's a lot of spiritual activity going on right now like there Mm. there's the asbury revival and um Mm another one like broke out at Sanford. Like there's these big revivals going on, which, you know, I know different people lean cynical or excited. Mm. Um, but I think like we should rejoice, but what's really important to keep in mind is like through the lens of Isaiah, people turning to God does not just like the fruit of that is not just like a bunch of people really spiritually excited. Mm. The fruit of that is we should see justice growing in our circles yeah, and, and we should see, like wickedness being undone yeah yeah. righteous living as a result exactly like there's not true revival if the altars uh of idolatry remain so it's just a good word to look at ourselves look at our church um look at our friend groups and family and Mm -hmm. and um make sure that we are not creating a separation between ourselves and god yeah that's good all right well we'll continue on in isaiah 59 tomorrow for barrett fisher this is will carlisle We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. 
I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.